your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody, okay? We're going to be talking about marriage and then what happens when you have children. Well, number one, usually people lose the intimacy. (laughs) Number two, uh, usually there's a lot of... uh, issues about who's supposed to be doing what, and then there becomes the issues about how to parent. And so a lot of people have a lot of difficult times uh, when they have children, especially that first child, because on the bottom line, it, it can be extremely stressful for them to have to renegotiate their relationship. And if they don't talk about what are we going to do when we have children and they go through that nesting phase, if they don't really go through that and it's all fairly mechanical, uh, a lot of people and they and a lot of people will procrastinate. They'll put things off. They'll not want to talk about certain things. They won't want to argue. They're kind of scared about what kind of parent each other's going to be. And so there's a lot of deep expectations that people have as a couple that they begin reflecting on each other after children come. And so that dynamic can take what two people that were once single and once went through the beautiful honeymoon phase and had all this great energy together, and now all of a sudden they're more in a business relationship. And that is very hard for people to negotiate, and it, it can sometimes take many years. However, it's never a bad idea to get some consultation with someone before you have children to understand what the dynamics might be, and how might we parent, and what do we need to do together, because quite frankly, about 13% of people who get divorced get divorced within the first year after having children. And that's very sad for the children to never have their parents together. And then all of a sudden, for those parents to go out and get someone else to be with and their children and their problems and all the other stuff and basically pollute that poor child's life with someone that does not love them unconditionally. But the sad truth is, you know, people don't negotiate very well during that phase about how to keep the marriage together. So, you know, the big thing is making the decision. Far too often, men and women choose to have kids for the wrong reasons, basically to fill themselves up, uh, make themselves feel loved. And that right there is one of the most cringe-inducing nostril flaring things in my life is when people have kids for the wrong reasons. Children deserve to be born into situations where the parents are emotionally balanced and want children for the right reasons, to give them love, stability, and help them flourish. And that means that they feel that their life together as a couple is big enough and their resources are strong enough together that they can have a child and bring that child into life. And if you're in a relationship and are contemplating having children, it's really important to ask yourself, why do you want to have kids? Having children to keep up with the Joneses or simply because you've always wanted to have them are not good enough reasons. You know, talk with your partner and ask them the same thing. You know, uh, when you see people in counseling, uh, for instance, like I do, um, sometimes they don't uh, get children for the right, they don't have children for the right reasons. They they end up uh, having had sex, uh, protected sex, and basically they ended up getting pregnant and then they end up getting married because they got pregnant. Sadly, a lot of people put the cart before the horse and, you know, children don't ask to be here. Uh, children are, are a gift from God. They come here and they have their own spirit and they have their own soul. And yes, they may look like mom and dad a little bit, but the bottom line is they have a life. And it's important for you to understand you don't own them, that you are here to nurture them through life and to provide them guidance. And there's a lot of people that are breeding stock out there. They know how to have sex, but they don't know how to have children. And so it's sad, uh, but it, it calls for people to get outside of their childhood growing up and understand their children will grow up in a different age that they grew up in and they cannot apply everything that they did when they were a child to their children but a lot of people lack the imagination or the discipline or the creativity to actually function like that 
you know, uh, this whole messed up uh, 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 cycle usually starts with the social pressure to fit in and to be like those people that are around you. And, and we, we, we already know, you know, people get married because that's just what everyone does. And, and uh, unfortunately, people have kids for similarly reasons that are unhealthy. Too many childless men and women fall victim to the social pressures that everyone is supposed to have kids to be happy and whole and end up having kids themselves. And later they find they're not so crazy about their kids and they don't prioritize them, which is even worse because that sends a message to the child that they're not worthy to be on the planet. And when you have parents that are only focused on themselves, the sad thing is they have a hard time le- leading a child into a great place. You know, if, if it's what everyone else is doing, that's never a good reason. You know, having children, and you realize this once they're born, is that that is a lifelong life-altering decision. And the harsh reality is that having kids for the wrong reasons can backfire like nobody's business. Because at some point when you're driving to, to a, a play date with a couple of little ones screaming in the back seat, you could find yourself being frustrated, claustrophobic, resentful that you had them. You know, the, the thing is, is that children don't have a lot of understanding of rules and ethics and all those things that we would hope they do. They have opinions. They have views. They have moods. They have voice, a voice. They have, they say things that they don't know or don't mean. They, they parrot stuff that that we don't want them to hear but they hear it from us and then they parrot that back to us you know it it can really be a difficult thing uh when you're married and and, uh you know usually people are somewhat uh happy when they're in love and they're tying uh the knot and they're getting married but things tend to change when they roll into this next cycle and uh so it's important also for couples to build some steam, and that means to have a year or two or three where you go through the bumps of getting to know each other before you try to enter the parenting phase. A lot of people are just so excited to be married. Oh my gosh, well, I'm 30, I'm getting old, I got to have children. If I'm going to have children, I got to do it now, even if I don't want to. Well, that debate uh, should not be timelined on how old you are. It should be timelined on are you ready? Are you ready to do it? You know, and and, uh, the irony is that even as the marital satisfaction of new parents declines, uh, the the likelihood of them divorcing also declines. So if their marital satisfaction is strong and they keep working on the marriage and they spend time together and they do all the good stuff with each other, they have the dates and they, 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 they let other people help them raise their children and they get other people involved in their children's lives. And I'm not talking about sexual predators, but I'm talking about uh, grandma, grandpa, uncles, cousins, friends who have trusted uh, relationships with their children and your children have relationships with their children you know these are the kind of things that make us have a much healthier marriage is building an infrastructure around us of people who connect with us the other thing is is having people who uh, are in your church you know your church can be a very helpful place to find some help and stability for your family and if you don't have a family where you live a church is a great place to grow from you know lovers have to amorph Uh, morph into parents and and it seems obvious that adding a baby to a household is going to change its dynamics but the arrival of children changes how couples interact. Parents often become more distant and businesslike with each other as they attend to the details of parenting. And then they tend to reflect on their parenting behavior because they have to become parents. They tend to parent their spouse and that's not sexy. And so there's a difference between talking to a parent or talking to a child and talking to an adult. And we have to differentiate that. That's called transactional analysis. Transactional analysis means I'm going to talk to you like an adult. You know, I'm really upset. You told me this. I'm sad. I'm not going to throw a bunch of emotion at you and say, oh, I'm upset. I'm angry at you. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to act like a child. I'm not going to act like a parent that, you know, you shouldn't be doing this to me. I'm going to talk to you like an adult, which means I love you. I care for you. I didn't like this happening. Can we talk about this? And having a gentle discussion that's based on conflict that is respectful and lacks the tone and just basically goes for the words is where your adult is. And this is where people screw up when they're parenting because they're doing so much parenting 
that they're actually not uh, uh, mus- uh, engaging that muscle of how to be an adult, especially a person who is parenting as a single parent or if they're parenting and spending most of their time with the children while the other one's working, that person at home is starting to feel more like a parent and a child and less like an adult. And they have a hard time with that. That is another ingredient that destroys marriage. And that's why it's important that couples have time together so they can resonate with each other as adults and 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 come back into what it feels like to be an adult. And, and so, you know, it's really hard when you're at work. You're often times in a parent type mode or a manager type mode or a business type mode when you're a, a, a person raising a baby you're in parent like mode you're in caretaker like mode but you're not in who am I as a human being mode and that is what is missing and that is what destroys the foundation of a lot of couples who are just going into the parenting thing you know The truth is, is that moms bear the heaviest cost of becoming parents. Number one, it takes a wrecking ball through their bodies. I mean, they have to literally push a watermelon through through a a peephole. And that is uh, never going to be good for the, 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 the hips or any other part of the body. But they're built for that. Thankfully, many of them can do that. Um you know, or their C-sections or other ways to go. But the deal is, is that what's important to understand is that women need to feel cherished in a relationship. If they do something well, like raising children, then they should be cherished for that and they should be complimented because that is a full-time job. And so I'm not suggesting that we're in a day and age where uh, parents don't co-parent, but there are people that follow the traditional path of mom at home, dad working, or there are other couples who share it. I admire the couples who share it. I also admire people who have one at home and one not. But the deal is, is that we have to never, ever, ever neglect the adults who we are in a relationship. That's where the rubber meets the road. You know, um, the consequences of relationship strain can be extremely serious. When we neglect the people who we are, marital, uh, marital stress is associated with a whole lot of physical problems uh, that take place, like depression, mental health, anxiety, and then all the soft stuff like you know stomach issues, headaches, all that kind of stuff happens because we're not treating each other well and we're not giving each other that kind of love and support and encouragement of how to parent this child. You know, it's a wonderful process when you have a baby to be able to actually learn about how that child thinks, how what that child likes, what that child picks up on from each of us, because those things are going to carry through their life. And it's important to understand also in the first year of life, especially a child's biggest goal and the biggest question that's in their mind, even though they can't verbalize it, is, am I safe with these people? Am I safe with them? And that's a big question. Now, you know, the arrival of children is hard on marriages. And, and it's it's a departure of, uh, of children uh, for good marriages can be extremely stressful. Some marriages do improve once children leave the nest. In other cases, the successful launch of children leads spouses to discover they have very few interest in each other. You know, um, you know, looking around the world, uh, there is a lot a sense of child, uh, childless American women uh, uh, between a- uh, ages 15 and 44 has increased over the last 10 years to a staggering amount. Um, that's because more women are interested in the workplace and having income and having a sense of power and stability and also having to be the heads of their families when they've had children early. Uh, there's a lot of men who don't take accountability for their sperm, and that's a very sad thing. But, uh, you know, women are put in a lot of bad situations when uh, men are irresponsible and don't play a role in that parenting part of becoming a, a parent in a marriage or in a relationship. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to talk about how relationships affect kids, how to transition to a parent, and how to strengthen your relationship. Come back. It's your world. 
Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to transform your life. Start by tuning in to The Glenise Show with Glenise Hughes. Glenise combines business, relationships, wealth, life, and a whole lot of magic to create abundance and prosperity in every part of your life. It's all done through straight and often frank discussions in the best way that Glenise knows how. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Master your life with The Glenise Show. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, Decide that you have something to say and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about uh, being married and then all of a sudden shifting from being a couple to parents. And that is a pain in the butt. But there's a study group that recently asked a bunch of kids to answer how they could tell if people are married. And guess what the biggest answer was? If they're arguing, then they're probably married. So that may seem funny, but, uh, you know, from a child whose intentions are far from getting a laugh, the answer is much more unsettling and a lot more worthy of our consideration. Whether we like it or not, our children are watching us all the time. And the saying that children are like sponges absorbing the world around them is especially true of the emotional atmosphere that surrounds them. So when it comes to the relationship between their parents, you know, the criticism of each other and the inability to conceal problems uh, creates a lot of tension in a child's life because, once again, they're looking for stability. They're looking for consistency. And when you have two parents that are just arguing constantly, especially over the child, um, that can create a lot of problems, enormous amounts of problems. We are the examples for our children. You know, many of us can remember occasions from our own childhoods when our parents were so involved in their emotional states that they acted if we were invisible. You know, now as parents, there are times when we're so immersed in an interaction with our partner or spouse that we forget that we have an audience in our children. And we may try to fool ourselves that they're distracted playing on the floor But uh, little is likely to slip past them when it comes to dynamics between their parents. You are uh, godlike people to them. And when you are somebody who yells or is sullen or angry, these patterns directly impact our kids when they are young. And they often uh, reenact them with their own relationships when, when they reach adulthood. And so we're manufacturing a legacy that just continues on and on and on. And that is not something that we want to do. 
when we our children we sense something is wrong between our parents and it, it increases our anxiety and it, it's a perpetual worry and, and so you know they may start doing things that cut off their emotions that learn them to to distract themselves from the pain of hearing uh, their their uh, parents be insecure sad angry and so they numb themselves with such behaviors as overeating or excessively playing video games and if they don't feel they can talk to their parents or their anger and hurt involves their parents children may start showing their feelings indirectly by throwing tantrums over toys getting unusually clingy towards a parent losing interest in school getting in fights with other kids that has to do a lot with the way their parents are interacting with each other you know no matter what a child's uh, releases for their emotions one feeling that tends to impact any child whose parents are having problems is guilt when parents aren't getting along kids Kids often take the blame upon themselves and feel the pressure to make things okay within their family. And so they often have thoughts like, if I'd been better, would this have happened? Or sadly, these children are often emotionally abandoned at a time when they especially need help making sense of their feelings. You know, and those children are, are less mature than their parents. They often feel they must take care of the emotional needs of everyone. And that's a pressure that can leave a child feeling depressed and stressed out. And sometimes parents will even call on a child to take sides in a personal dispute, dragging the child into the middle of the conflict and forcing them to participate. And so there's other times that parents' demands on their children are more subtle. And these parents are unaware of the strains they're placing on their children simply by feeding bad, uh, feeling bad in themselves or in their relationship. And so parents don't when they don't meet each other's uh, emotional needs they frequently turn to their children for support and though they do this unconsciously this places really destructive unnatural burden on a child to have to parentify themselves and become an adult even though they're still a child that tells them that they're not safe as a child you know people are ridiculous as far as having children you need to have children because you want to teach them about life and you want to bring them here and make them feel special important and not just kind of blow them off and take your time doing things that you want to do you need to have your life as a parent be reflective around the child but the other thing is you have to also feed your marriage and that means your spouse that means you have to feed them with the love that they need and deserve the respect that they need to deserve and that both of you have a voice and respect each other's role in this family you know when you're transitioning to be a parent it's 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 very uh, exciting in many ways. A lot of studies point to a consistent association between having children and a significant decline in marital satisfaction, uh, particularly for wives. And so the design of a lot of studies, which are called uh, cross-sectional snapshots of marital satisfaction, at a critical time is the transition to parenthood. That is the most fragile time in many relationships. Um, you know, uh, if you lay aside all these studies and, and just look at common sense, imagine that you're an expectant parent. You and your partner are planning for the arrival of your child and your emotions run high with a mix of excitement and anxiety and as you plan together and you conspire happily about your future and dream about what your baby will be like and how you will create and, and enjoy an expanded sense of family that includes your child you know if you were to reflect on those feelings as you were not being able to see your child but actually just feeling the child inside as they grow why can't we act like that after? Why do we have to get into changing diapers is such a horrible thing? Why do we have to, to focus on so many negative things? What we want to do is create a positive, strong relationship with each other, a good respect and love for each other as parents, but not forget each other as people. Um, the other thing is, as a woman's body changes after having a child, um, they're in a very fragile state right there where they may not have liked how their body looked before, but even after, they're having trouble recovering that body back to something that, that they're familiar with. And men don't really 
plug in on that and understand that there's a lot of insecurities about rebuilding their self-image. And so it's important not only for a woman to have a lot of positive emotions, a lot of positive feedback about how they're regaining who they are and all that good stuff, but it's also important for the man to respect the fact that they're going to go through a period of insecurity because a lot of guys don't forget that. All they want to do is go back to having sex again, and they just forget um, that, hey, you've got a, 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 a person that you love and you respect and you're married to and you need to respect their their feelings and what they're going through at that time. That's a hard thing for a lot of guys to get. They want women to always be confident and, and cocky and back to their sexy selves right after having a children. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen and it's, it's a really uh, stupid expectation to have in life. You know, you need to be highly attuned to the newborn, completely focused, hypervigilant about any signs that something might be off, an early indication, health problems. That's very important, but you also need to be highly attuned to each other. And how are we as parents and how are we affecting our child? Let's be honest with how we're coming across, what we're doing and what we're doing wrong, what we're doing right, what we need to change because it's a work in progress, guys. And it's also something you need to consult with. If you don't feel like you're doing it right, go seek some professional help where people who have studied this over time and can help you and understand where you need to make some compromises, where you need to improve your relationship, where you need to improve your parenting and your communication. These are all big points and we're supposed to be experts right away when we have children and we're not. We're not experts. You know, as new parents, there's so much to be excited about. Uh, you know, you're beginning a journey into parenting, choosing a name, decorating, planning the baby shower, diaper brands, sippy cups. You know, couples rarely think about safeguarding their relationship for the challenges. But, you know, it's it's got to be done. And so, you know, if you think about what are we going to do when we bring the baby home? How are we going to communicate? What are the patterns? What are the traditions? What are the habits that we're going to develop? Because that's what a child needs. They need stability. They need to have consistency. That's the biggest thing that they're looking for is mom and dad safe. And if they're hearing you guys argue all the time about the changes and you didn't plan during that nine months, uh, you need to plan. You need to take it serious that you need to transition into what are we going to do as parents and how we're going to interact in that. That is a huge thing. We also need to talk about the expectations regarding sex and intimacy. And, and you know, there's a huge struggle about how to divide household responsibilities and the needs of the baby. Uh, little time for romance, little time connection, you know, keeping score. That's what a lot of couples do. Though. Well, you did this, so I did that. You haven't done this. You know, and oftentimes they will assert themselves as to what they're not doing for the baby may be what they're not doing for each other. And so they reflect on that as, hey, you're not paying attention, you're not helping, you're not doing this. You know, if you're going to have a baby, stop being just uh, there to do the, the pregnancy. You need to be there to do the person. And, and so that's a huge, huge, huge responsibility that so many people uh, miss out on and get it so wrong. So, a strong friendship can be preserved during moments of exhaustion by expressing fondness, appreciation, gratitude. Those are huge things that we need to do. Couples who report less distress during the transition to parenthood are able to stay positive and give each other the benefit of the doubt that they can get through the initial strain of having a newborn. And, uh, you know, thanking each other. Thanks for taking the baby while I rest. I appreciate how you soothe the baby like that. You know, if you want to get parents to love you as a person, love their child, and you will find that both people begin to love you in a better way when they see that you love the child. You know, conflicts are always going to arise. But how we handle disagreements effectively by using constructive problem-solving techniques. And what that means is... We have to be adults. We have to stop being oversensitive. We have to be able to understand that we're not going to get that eight hours of sleep that we used to get. We're not going to have the ability to be lazy, that we're on a baby's schedule. And that means that we are going to be at wit's end and we have to continue that journey as a process and appreciate the little things that come out of a tough day and go, okay, 
we had some bad stuff, but now we have the good stuff. Well, the more you talk about the good, the better off you're going to be. And the more we talk about the good in each other and how we're handling that stress, the better off we're going to be. And also handling the sense of reading each other as parents and as people. Okay, are you having a tough time? Yes, you're having a tough time. I need to step in and assist or I need to find us some help. We need more resources than what we have right now. And so maybe it's time to, to get outside of us trying to control everything. You know, if you're an expecting parent or a new parent, spend 15 minutes a day to check in with your partner. Check in and just ask them, how are they? You know, catch up with one another. It helps you emotionally stay intimate and connected. And it shouldn't be something you do every now and then, but it's an essential part of your relationship. And so, you know, it's important to spark the question and and to map out how we can love each other. When there is a, a, a precipitous decline in the relationship satisfaction, there's an increase in hostility. So the more you pull from the relationship, the more the hostility comes forward that transfers and affects the baby's sense of self. You know, to find ways to address this, you know, we have to look at how couples stay happy after having a baby. And, and and there's lots of ways to reverse it. You know, um, you know, it's a sound relationship theory is what we're looking for, that there are, are keys to marital satisfaction. Number one is friendship and intimacy. Number two is adult-like conflict. Adult-like conflict, not high tone, high anger, high verbosity, lots of body language, but flat and straight. And all sense, a, a shared sense of meaning, meaning that we understand that we're on the purpose of being parents and we're at the purpose of being people and that we can do this thing. We can do it together and staying positive. You know, it's very important for couples to deepen their understanding and appreciation for each other during the time when they're highly stressed out. Most couples, when they think about making their relationship more positive, they think of going on a vacation to a really nice place, you know, but uh, uh, a lot of times when you go on vacation, you just carry your argument with you. And so that's not how you, uh, you know. That's not how you you actually function together. Happily married couples use several conflict management techniques to help each other. They stay gentle. They focus on their feelings rather than attacking one another. They focus on how am I feeling and how am I expressing myself. Um, they 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 simply uh, they don't insult each other. Uh, they don't call each other names. Uh, they may be upset that the garbage hasn't been taken out, but they can say, hey, you know what? I would prefer the garbage taken out. So I don't want the stink. Can you assist me with this? You know, uh, we have a child. I don't want them to get sick. Can we please, you know, be more purposeful about the atmosphere in which we have our child? You know, to, to, to each to teach each other what each other's preferences are and what each other's expectations are of each other and to openly have a continuous communication about those priorities. And I'm not talking about micro priorities. I'm talking about the big picture. Are we going to have a healthy environment? Are we going to take care of, of where the child, uh, if they're going to be on the floor, is it going to be a clean floor? Is it going to be a dirty floor? You know, uh, how are, are, are we going to have a dog? If we're going to have the dog, where's the dog going to be? The cat, all that fun stuff. You guys got to really communicate to a micro degree because you're negotiating a new party into your family. You know, happy relationships have lots of meaning. That means we may be have meaning of a sense of, of raising our child in a godly home, in a spiritual home, or we may have a sense of uh, wanting our child to be exploratory, explore their nature, how they are, who they are, learning about who they are as a person. You know, in a strong relationship, we have love for each other and we have love for our children. We have love for values and teaching values, learning how to share, uh, uh, learning how to have dreams, learning how to be creative. Reading to children is very important and that's something that parents can do as activities where they share it, where they both learn to have some time with their child where they laugh and they read and they do stuff together rather than one does it and then the other does it. It can be a handoff or it could be something that they partner with. 
you know, it's very important for uh, expectant parents to really have a dialogue and a sense of setting the ground stone of how things are going to operate so they learn how to communicate well with each other to prevent that 13% divorce rate that oftentimes happens um, when people uh, have children without all the plans and the expectancies. Now, we're going to talk about how to raise kids in an easier way and uh, how to be smart about it. So we're going to talk about easy and we're going to talk about tips for marriage with children. So come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about raising children and becoming parents after you've been blissfully married for a few years. Not that everybody is. A lot of people do a lot of fighting in the first five years. But the, the deal is, is that now they got to be people who have problems raising children rather than people that just have problems with each other. So, you know, a lot of people will breed children to think that they're going to avoid their problems. They're going to take more accountability, take more responsibility. They're going to shift things. And what they find out is their problems never leave them. They just get worse because now they have to raise a kid and argue with each other. You know, the biggest thing with raising kids is move to the best neighborhood that you can afford. The best move parents can make for their children is to a neighborhood with excellent schools, more career opportunities, the opportunity to grow up with peers who value education, hard work, and achievement. You know, you don't have to be wealthy to make that happen. Although, you know, research has found that moving to a better neighborhood is a better investment than tutoring and extracurricular activities like, you know, piano lessons. 40 to 50 years of of research of social science You know, buying a home in a safe, respected neighborhood is probably one of the most important things you can do for your kids. 
And there's there's a lot of evidence of whether buying all these other things matter, but buying into a great neighborhood provides huge advantages. Some suggest you buy the cheapest house in the best neighborhood, um, you know, but if you don't have the money for a house in a wealthy neighborhood, search for family-friendly neighborhoods that have homes within your budget. You know, it, it's, it's really important to do that. Also, you really want to become a happier, less stressed person. You know, research has proven adults thrive in business when they're happy and they're less stressed. And so the same is true for parenting. You know, uh, uh, um, happy parents are more likely to have happy children, you know, and, and the children do not fare well with adults that, uh, that are not taking care of themselves and not taking care of their relationships. So emotions are contagious. So if you're miserable and stressed, your children are more likely going to catch these feelings like a cold. Also, with kids, if you want to make it easier, make them do chores. Whether it's mowing the grass or taking out the trash, washing dishes, walking the dog, folding the laundry. You know, when you're growing up, your parents need to assign you chores. And, and that's called responsibility. And don't ease up. You know, it teaches kids the value of hard work and collaborating. And it gets things done. And it also takes more pressure off the parents and gives them more time to be together. The other thing is, if you want to make it easier, make your kids read daily, learn math at an early age. During the first five years studying the behaviors and habits of self-made millionaires and best-selling uh, authors, 63% of those self-made people were required by their parents to read two or more books a month. And that makes a person, a brain of a young person able to concentrate. And concentration is what makes us more present, more available, and it takes concentration to read. Also, you know, parents insist their, their children read uh, biographies, history, nonfiction, literary classics, hobby books. And when they do that, they're encouraging the child to learn and also to be creative. Uh, there's a lot to be learned from those kind of things and to learn from outside of your own life. You know, besides encouraging your children to read, teach them math at a young age. When we find the single most important factor in predicting later academic development is that children begin school with a mastery of math and literacy concepts. If they can get those two things, their brain is geared to learn much more information later on in life. The other thing is set high expectations for yourselves and for your children. You know, p parents who see college in their children's future need to manage their child's lives towards that goal in, uh, irrespective of their income and other assets. So that means they're preparing them for a scholarship. They're preparing them for an opportunity. They may not have the money to save to get them through college, but what they may have is the ability to, to, to help that brain develop into something that colleges would want to represent them. And that means they want to provide scholarships because they know that that student is going to be someone who's going to represent that university on a big scale out there in life. The other thing is praise your children correctly. If you haven't explored you know, the, the idea of what praise does for kids, it, it, it believes that talent and skill are innate and can't be changed. And, and you're only as good as something you were born to be. So if you want someone to be growth oriented, if you want your children to be growth oriented, if you want your spouse to be a great parent, that means you have to be gracious. You have to be positive. You got to give correction with the sense that you're not a failure. You're not insufficient. You're not something that you need to feel guilt and shame about, but this is a chance to learn. So the idea applies to how to praise your kids. You know, when they earn a high score on a science test or win a soccer trophy, or even if they just did hard work and, and they just did something and maybe it didn't turn out great, but where they did succeed, that's where you want to find the ability to praise your children. The other thing is families that stay together, they create rituals. And, and not rituals that just one parent creates, but rituals that both adults participate in and 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 enlist their children in that experience. You know, uh, social skills comes with family rituals like learning how to cook, or, or or doing meals together, or having a game night, or taking walks, or taking a vacation. You know, you want to consider weekly family meetings to review what you did and didn't do well in the past week and what you want to work on. You know, teach kids to be gritty. 
You know, that's another thing that a lot of people don't understand is we need to be resilient in life. And that means, you know, cultivate something that grabs their attention, but that they become familiar enough and logical enough to understand that, hey, it takes hard to make life easier. Doing hard makes your life easier. If you're going to be married with children, you have decided to do hard and you need to do hard. You can't just fake it. You can't just do what your parents did. You're in a different day and age. You need to be creative and you need to accept that hard is going to make your life easier because if you invest in your children, you invest in your marriage, you're investing in a steady, long, wonderful life. And if you think you're going to find a better person and other people, oftentimes you're not. If you're going to bring out the worst in your partner, you're going to get the worst in your partner. If you're going to bring out the best in your partner, you're going to get the best of your partner. If you're going to bring out the best in your children, you're going to get the best in your children. So if you're going to be a critical person, if you're going to be a negative person, if you're going to be somebody that's always emotionally dragging your family through uh, your own crap, What you're doing is you're saying, I don't want to be a parent. I don't want to be a spouse. I want to be divorced. That's basically what you're doing. And and so it's important for people to value what they have. If you're going to do hard, do hard. And that means you're not going to do always what you feel, but you're going to do what you know is right. Be the parent that God wants you to be. You do not own your children. You do not own your spouse. All you can do is influence. And if you're going to be a negative one, you may as well not be there at all. And and so, you know, it's sad, but if you need to put your child with healthy people who have a healthy state of mind, who do know how to love, then maybe they should spend more time with them and less time with the parent that wants to to, uh, focus their own problems on their kids and their partners. You know, teach them to be all around healthy. Healthy habits are vital for success and for, for adults and kids. Set boundaries that encourage your kids to get plenty of sleep, eat healthy, and be active. You know, don't let them sit aside and play video games all the time. You know, send them outside to play. Teach them the benefits of taking care of themselves instead of focusing on their appearance or complaining how guilty you feel about uh, buying them food. Teach good habits by making healthy dinners together, family bike rides, setting aside time for writing uh, your gratitude towards your children so that you can continuously reflect on their progress. And, uh... You know, give them names that are not biased uh, towards something stupid. You know, uh, uh, if you want them to be hired, if you want them to be taken serious, then you need to take their name serious. And so a lot of people don't realize that when they're going to name a child, they need to name the child something smart, something that people can accept. You know, uh, um, you want to encourage people to be uh, good people, but you don't want to give them a stupid name to live throughout life. That is irresponsible of parents. You live in a social world. You deal with people that communicate with each other. And if you're going to throw your child out with something that's not serious, they're not going to be taken serious in life. The other thing is you want to encourage entrepreneurship. And, and uh, that means uh, observing an entrepreneur as they grow up and learning how to be an entrepreneur and how to build business, how to respect money. You know, give them an allowance. Have them put a quarter of their allowance. Let's say you give them a dollar. They put a quarter in a jar that they can't open. They put a quarter into buying something for someone else and give them to, and the other two quarters, they can buy something for themselves. So that means they learn how to give They learn how to give to themselves and invest, and they also learn how to buy something for themselves. You know, by giving them a sense of money, you're giving them a sense of responsibility and how to help themselves. You know, tips for marriage with children. Number one, you got to put each other first. Uh, Yeah, that means before the kids, because if you don't give to each other, you don't have a whole lot to give your children. Uh don't you know moms don't tell dad how to spend time with the kids they need to spend time with the kids but they need to do it in a way that they are there and want to be there and the other thing is to say yes uh you know when when we are asking each other uh uh, you know hey what do you think about this or what do you think about that say more tell more be more inquisitive about what your partner is thinking and feeling 
Um, the other thing is to be a united front. Don't criticize your partner in front of your children because your children are going to want to naturally either align with one parent or the other and play them against them so they can get more of what they want. And that's the only thing that they're going to learn from that. So you need to be unified as parents. The other thing is you need to exercise. And that means go go take advantage of a health club that has a place to, to take care of your children. You know, if you can uh, uh, get involved in something and taking care of your body, you're going to feel a sense of empowerment and you're going to feel like a better role model for your child rather than sitting around eating bonbons together. The also, also very... Uh, sex makes babies, but it's ironic. Children often threaten the romance that brings a child into being. So well, it's never hard to find a reason not to do it, but but sex really is the glue that can hold a marriage together. So, you know, lock the, lock the door and get busy. Spend some time having intimacy with each other. If you can't do that, you're going to have a hard time keeping that marriage going. You know, the other thing is, if you want to stay married, pick your battles. Don't nitpick on each other. You know, but men, you've got to realize if you don't cherish a woman, she's going to wonder who you're cherishing, especially if she's feeling insecure about her body. Women, if you don't respect your husband, he is not going to feel respected and he's going to search respect somewhere else because he doesn't feel heard. If you don't give a man a voice, he doesn't feel like a man. If you don't cherish a woman, she doesn't feel like a woman. That is 30,000 feet up. If you screw that up, everything else falls apart. You also need to trust each other, and that means when you say something, do it. Don't fart around with trust, because if you mess around with trust, you're going to be messing around with your marriage. Every conflict you ever have is going to be an issue about do I or do I not trust my partner? And and getting back to trust, how do you get it? Well, I'm going to act like I have faith in you until I do trust you, you know? Respect each other as a woman. Respect each other as a man. Respect each other as a mom. Respect each other as a dad. And be okay with the fact that you can be both. Accept that not all problems are solvable. You're not always going to agree on every single thing. But you can always communicate, I'd prefer. I'd prefer you did this. I'd prefer you talked to me like that. And, and that is not offensive. But that's how good marriages work. So that's our show. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net, or you can ask me, access me through the podcast. Now remember, having children is like having a frat house. No one sleeps, everything is sticky, everything's broken, and there's throw up everywhere. Also, there's no need for DNA samples when you see your child finding the hiding place, sneaking off, and eating all of your favorite snacks. No need for a DNA sample. You know that's your child. And you, you also want to remember, never have more children than you have car windows. That's from Irma Bombeck. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 